0: In Jesus' name, this is The Rockin' Rev, and you are listening to The Intersection, not your normal, fluffy Christian show. And uh been doing a little series here called the, the uh, uh, Don't Call Good Evil and Evil Good. Um, we talked a little bit about that last week. And, you know, um, as pastors, as Christians, we have an obligation to the truth. And uh, we've been in the Book of Acts at church, man. What a happening church, man, the first... Oh, uh, we're about chapter seven and man, this God's doing cool stuff. Holy Ghost is all over them. They're spreading the gospel everywhere. They're being persecuted and taunted and I mean the 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 enemy doesn't like it. the devil doesn't like it when the truth goes forward. So we, um, as pastors, as Christians, are sworn to uphold the truth. And that's the way we talked a few weeks ago about this woke church philosophy. And the biggest problem with the woke church philosophy is that it affirms falsehoods. And we are not to be about affirming falsehoods. It doesn't matter if it's on the left, if it's on the right, if it's north or south. We are not to affirm falsehoods, not even for, oh, let's say, solidarity's sake. A lot of people say, well, you know what? It's just solidarity's sake. That's the, that's why the whole issue with the mask. I'm talking about coronavirus and I'm jumping all over, but coronavirus and the mask and all these things. You can say, well, it's patriotic. It shows solidarity. It makes your neighbor more comfortable. And shouldn't we love our neighbors as ourselves? And I've heard people use that. Oh, you know, for such things like the mask. Now, is the mask the hill I want to die on? Is it, is it, is it the, uh, the fight I want to fight? Not exactly, but I can say this. When you affirm falsehoods, we're not called to stand in solidarity so people feel warm and fuzzy, so they feel comfortable, so they feel good. So, we're doing our oh, patriotic duty if there's not facts and science to back it up. And that's been our problem this whole time. You know, we look like the renegades, we look like the rebels. Many times, all those evangelical Christians, they just, you know, they're against government. They're trying to, no, we just will not affirm falsehoods. That comes to whatever it is, that comes to critical race theory. We're not going to affirm falsehoods. We're at a better racial place, despite what the news tells you, due in large part by people of faith. of all all cultures, of all backgrounds, due to people of faith, we've been in the best race relations in the last years than we've been in a long time, despite what the news shows you. Oh, you see the unrest here and there. You see the situations. You see, uh, you know, cop kill a guy, guy kill a cop. You you see all these things happen. But in reality, if you actually look at the facts and statistics, it's smaller than it's ever been. Policing is done in a—policing is is the most safe— and productive, and less likely to end in a tragedy than it's ever been in this country. And when we throw our, we throw ourselves in, well, we just need to stand in solidarity. We need to stand with our brother. We need to affirm their feelings. You know, feelings are falsehoods. I don't care what feelings are if they're not in line with the truth, and by doing so, and that's why we talked about the woke church pastors jumping on critical race theory or uh, you know, pastors throwing their hat in with with all of these groups that are that are actually actually antithetical. Do you know the groups that you're holding hands with? You know, when you put the little sign out front, the BLM or the I don't know well, about Antifa signs. I haven't seen one of those in front of a church yet, but you never know. But when you put these different groups out and you stand in solidarity, when you when you support, uh, you know, sports teams that are wearing shirts, by the way, of a of of a rapist who was shot and now in support of the rapist, they're wearing his name on their shirts without any thought to the rapist victim what, what what happened to to women matter and count whatever that's the problem with identity politics is they don't have any factual basis they don't have any reality behind them it's just raw emotion and it's just pitting one group against another group and by the way it's never ending it's self-deprecating you're never going to get enough guilty victim people. You're, you're never going to you're never going to fulfill your quota. You're never going to get a feeling of justice because the groups begin to turn on each other because they have difference in their interest. I'll stand with any group that stands for real civil rights, but BLM is not one of them. Then read read go to the web. Yeah, but it's just you know you're just showing your solidarity that Black Lives Matter. Black lives absolutely matter. Black lives absolutely matter. I'll stand with any group that shows real, real that, that, that is in, in, is for civil rights of all people, first of all, not just specific groups, but civil rights of all people. I'll stand with any group. But that's not what BLM is about. That's not what about Antifa is about. That's not what a, a, a lot of these groups are about. A lot of these coalitions, they're not, they're not, a lot of these, these things with the word just, you know, nowadays you just got to put the word justice behind something. I was at a meeting one day and they talked me about housing justice. I'm like, what is housing justice? What it means is is they feel like people are unfairly living in better homes than other people and that the only way to bring justice about that is for the government to reapportion that housing, um, size, shape, quantity, and location, which is exactly what President Obama and Biden were about, was was, a, was about forcing uh, housing projects into areas um, that they thought, um, and and it wasn't for anyone's real benefit. It was a social experiment. Um, so that's called housing justice. And I've heard all of these. You know, I, I actually heard one day something about environmental justice, and what it the basic premise was is that environmental problems, especially uh, another. Uh, unscientific one that we should not affirm. Uh, climate change, which, by the way, the climate does change, and in the book of Revelation, the last chapter, the climate really changes because uh, oh, God destroys the heavens and the earth with fire and brings it forth a new heaven and earth. That's the real climate change, but the fact is, is that when we affirm falsehoods so that we can show some kind of solidarity some kind of you know standing arm and you know to our fellow man you're really not doing anything but uh an injustice to them because you're not standing on factual premises and as christians we need to stand on factual premises listen i'm not first uh, i'm definitely not on the left uh, i might be on the right but i'm not necessarily a republican i many Republican candidates who came out pro-choice, came out uh, many ways against my values. They didn't get my support. They don't get my support. I'm consistent in that area. But I can tell you this, affirming falsehoods does not make us good people. It doesn't make us love like Jesus loved. That's not loving your neighbor as yourself. You're affirming falsehoods. So when you stand with groups that hate the police and tell you, that, that uh, the police are gunning down minorities in the streets, hunting them like dogs, and it's actually not even close to factual, that actually the interactions between police and minorities are better than they've ever been. And the, the occasions in which people lose their lives have been <laughs> minimized over the last 30 years uh, to such a place that it's at its lowest level. Would you believe that listening to the news? Would you believe that standing in solidarity with some of these groups? Um, So any group, a right or left, that doesn't stand uh, upon a factual basis, doesn't stand upon truth, we should not be embracing. We should not be condoning. I talked about last week how uh, the Facebook and Twitter and all the social platforms will let you literally have pages in which you you can support financially and otherwise... Uh, Actual terrorist, real terrorist. But you cannot support someone like, oh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who defended himself uh, in a public venue. You, You know, you can argue, well, he shouldn't have been there. Well, the protesters shouldn't have been there. And they weren't protesters. Protesters can be anywhere they want. Wasn't well, The rioters shouldn't have been there, and they shouldn't have attacked him. But, you know, again, we don't deal with facts. Now what happens is your Second Amendment or your ability to defend yourself is now subjective to who you're defending yourself against. Oh, it's fine if you were defending yourself against some attackers that didn't have a political motivation or maybe breaking into your home to do you harm. But even then, you have to be careful because self-defense now is even something that's, uh, you know, uh, questionable. But if you drive into a pack of rioters and they pull you from your car and beat you half to death, you better allow it to happen because if you fire off around then, you're going to jail. And if they happen to be breaking your windows and trying to get into your car and you drive through and run some of them over, you're going to jail because the rioters represent the righteous, those out there for, civil ju- for, for, uh, for justice. And the people in the cars represent the evil, evil, privileged people who think that they have a right to drive down a road that's been made for them to drive down. Can you believe it? So in actuality, the world is upside down. We're calling good, evil, and evil good. And we should not in any way, shape, or form, stand arm in arm with any group, right or left. Any group um, that is antithetical to your Christian faith. By the way, read, go to the BLM website and read. Go chew it and read. Nuclear family, which the Bible upholds, gone. They want it gone. Sexual relations in a biblical capacity between a man and a woman in a marriage situation, gone. They want it gone. In fact, many of them are calling for, and so is Antifa and so are some of these other groups, the actual eradica- eradication of Western Christianity because they're saying that it's a symbol of we- of white supremacy. That Western Christianity itself is a symbol and that churches, if they were given their choice, would be dismantled. And your First Amendment right to freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and the right to assembly doesn't matter when it comes to their social justice. Just like the removal of statues. There can be arguments about should a statue stay? Should it go? Is it... Uh, is it something that's representative of our country? But it's supposed to be done in a legal and righteous format. But mobs coming out to tear things down or break windows. Oh, but you see, they're doing it for a righteous cause, which now makes their unrighteous behavior righteous. And the people who are trying to stop them, who are trying to uphold the actual law, like the police officers or civilians who are uh, you know, trying to protect their own property and community, are actually the evil ones. Because they're trying to start, you know. Have you seen these videos where these these kids, they're basically kids, twenty somes, are marching up into restaurants and flipping tables and in demanding that diners put their fist in the air and taking their food off their table? Is this is that what you consider civil civil rights? Would would Martin Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. be for that? Um, I doubt it. In fact, uh, Dr. King was for everyone's rights because he realized if anyone's rights were violated or allowed to be violated, then everyone's rights were up to grab. Therefore, I believe Dr. King would have been an all-lives-matter person. He said so in his speeches. He said so in his speeches. So we call good evil and evil good. And uh, I'm afraid that the church, when I say the church... I don't want to generalize. There's so many aspects of the church, so many different um, categories of what you would call the Christian faith. Uh, some good, some not so good. Some reflective of the Scripture, some not. But in the end, when you use a word like Christianity, um, why is it that we're signing on to the newest fad, the newest social fad? Why is that we support? Well, I can tell you why right off the bat. It's the thing that Jesus told us not to do, and that is to seek the world's approval. Because Jesus said that men were going to hate you, and then he told you why. Because of my words. And it's crazy to me to see people holding Bibles who call themselves pastors and congregants who call themselves believers standing in solidarity, supposedly with civil rights groups, um, and I'm not just talking about racial issues because the Scripture's clear, uh, clear on the equality of men before God. I'm talking about whether it be sexual orientation, whether it be um, any vast number of causes, to see the church stand hand-in-hand in, hand in solidarity. You know, social justice has unfortunately become the new gospel. And I'd be okay with social justice that's founded upon fact— be great with the Civil Rights Movement. What a fantastic, spiritual, biblical-based movement the Civil Rights Movement was. But some of this stuff now, and you literally have congregants and pastors uh, standing in solidarity, holding hands with groups that hate them, that are calling for their eradication. And it's this weird sort of, Spiritual guilt. It's this weird sort of addiction to self loathing. It's this weird sort of distortion of accepting facts that aren't true um, and promoting those, um, which has unfortunately plunged the church in probably one of its most powerless states, in uninfluential uninflu- states. You know, see, the very thing they're seeking is the influence and the applause of men. You want to be the first guy who's woke. You want, you want to be the first guy who's, who sees it for what it should be. You want to be the first pastor or the first church or the first congregants who jump on this wagon because you're all about justice. When the fact is, is that the preaching of the gospel itself is the greatest justice there is. It's the re- because it is, it is the truth, it's the way, it's the life, it's the power of God unto salvation. So the church needs to stick to the business of the gospel and the business of affirming those things. Um, which are true. Now, I stand, my friends, in solidarity with pro-life groups. But why? Because I have a biblical basis on which to do that. I have a biblical basis and a biblical conviction that I am bound to stand with pro-life groups, and I am bound to stand against the evils of abortion. That's why I consider myself a modern-day abolitionist. And you say in the, in the slavery sense? Unfortunately, there actually is a lot of slavery still around the world um, in third-world countries and in uh, uh, places where uh, there is a lawless environment. Um, but no, I'm talking about abolition of abortion, of the genocide we call abortion. I can get on that cause. I can stand with that cause because I have biblical basis to do so. In fact, I am compelled— by my convictions to do so, um, and in fact for me to stand by and not to be supportive and not to fight for the life of the unborn would be a sin. To simply to simply uh, um, abdicate it to some political thing, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. So guess what? If everybody on the right decided to embrace abortion, decided to embrace abortion, uh, 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 abortion as a good thing they would lose me and my vote because i'm consistent in my convictions my convictions are first biblical they're first christian and then next that is a ref- that reflects my political policy now some people got it the other way around their political policy affects their faith and their biblical world view and we're seeing it We're seeing it all over the place. My friends, I didn't mean to go back on another woke church thing today, but I can't get off this. I can't get off this because I'm watching the church in many aspects good evangelical churches with uh, formerly good pastors who are grounded in the word abdicating due to the emotion of our day, due to not wanting to be looked at as on the wrong side of history. Because we know what happens when you disagree. With organizations, whether they be Marxist or anti-Christian, or we—if it has like a, a you know a social justice twist to it—if you disagree with any aspect, you are now into racism and bigotry, and nobody wants to wear that because that, my friend, that red letter put on you, is not redeemable. You are guilty, and you have to prove your a simple throw of the word racism or bigotry immediately tarnishes the person and the person is obligated at that point to prove to you that they are not those things. And if we would get away of being afraid of being called those things when we're not, if we would lose that stigma of, Oh, I just don't want to be branded I I don't want people to think of me that way. If we could lose that, we would find our way to real freedom and we could have a real facts based argument, but right now you can't. Right now, when, when you, you try to have a facts-based argument or you want to deal with the realities on the ground, immediately, I told you, that professor who lost their job because they simply, simply posted the statistics of how minority men are not being killed and haunted like dogs, that in fact, the trend is reversing and it's growing smaller over the years, the fact that that uh, police interactions with minorities has gotten at the best level. You can't say something factual like that because now it's racist. You can't question something like climate change because then you're a science denier, even if the science doesn't back it up. You cannot question uh, gender based on biology because biology, when you're born, now doesn't in any way, shape, or form determine your sexuality. Did you know that? that? So we all that stuff we learn in biology class you can throw out the window because the emotion of, I feel like I'm a man, or I feel like I'm a woman, or I feel like I'm both on any given day, is stronger than your racist biology. Did you hear about the people now who are calling for language changes that that improper grammar that grammar that is not based in good english is now considered racist and we're thinking about people actually advocate advocating for people to speak in improper my mom was one of those grammar people i won't use another word because that's just a terror right now you know if anybody's Anybody thinks anything differently from the woke people, you're immediately a Nazi and your life isn't worth anything. Um, isn't that amazing? You just you just suddenly become a Nazi if you just don't agree with the monolithic thinking of the left. So, But my mom was one of those, you know, we'd she'd say, nope, it's not ain't got no. It's I don't have, my mom was constant on us. It, it, it irritated me to death because my friends and I spoke the way we spoke. But she made good points that... We shouldn't conform the language to my preference or how what I feel comfortable with. We should conform my preferences to the language. And this is what's happening. The world's upside down. People they're advocating for people not to grade papers fairly anymore, or grade them according to grammar, or grade them according to spelling, or even grade math according to the answers, because now math is can be racist. And I'm telling you, the fact that this stuff is even, even if it's just a small group right now getting a loud vocal voice, the fact that we're even hearing these kind of things is absolutely stunning. Absolutely, the world is upside down. We're calling good evil and evil good. That's why we can demonize our heroes and vilify our heroes. And then we can turn around and eulogize, and we can turn around and canonize those who are breaking the law. That's how a rapist who is killed by the police um, can get their name on a shirt while the victim doesn't matter. Because, as I said before, the only lives that really matter are the ones we can leverage for political expediency. In fact, if you look on the website of BLM and you look on other websites, it's really not about equality. It's not. It's really about systemic social change, political change, uh, educational change, and, yes, religious change. A demanding to the conformity of the new theology. And unfortunately, many, many pastors and many, many churches are falling for it. Even if it's just dabbling on the edges, even if it's just a a patronizing kind of situation where they just want to look like they're on the right side, my friends, affirming falsehood is not loving your neighbor as yourself, but affirming the truth, because truth is, In love is the Christian way. Until next time, this is Pastor Sean. May God richly bless you. We're the bad news. We're the young guns. We're the ones that they told you to run from. Yeah, the player's gonna play and the haters gonna hate. And a regulator's bound to regulate. When it hits the fan and it